Tuesday, April the 20th, Budget Day in British Columbia. It's been the topic of conversation over the course of the entire show, so why make that stop now? And to help get into things a little bit further, pleased to welcome to the program the leader of the BC Green Party, Sonia Furstenau. Sonia, how are you today? I'm great. It was nice uh, late afternoon music with the sun shining. It felt like I was getting ready to go to a barbecue. Remember those days? Oh, I, I, you can still have them by yourself. It's not quite the same, yeah. though, but uh, you got to take advantage of what we can do right now. So hopefully you have some time right. to get out and enjoy the sun. All right, Sonia, let's let's get into it. I'll start with uh, looking at things in a more positive light here. So, uh, you know, pretty mm-hmm. significant debt levels we're talking about, but what are you happy to see within this budget? You know, we got a lot of new investments about uh, surrounding things like, like health care and mental health supports. What, mm-hmm. what were you first and foremost happy to see included in today's significant document? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. I, you know, I think the investment into mental health care is, is a significant signal that this government recognizes how important it is that people have access to mental health care. Of course, we're keen on it being part of our health care system so that we can, you know, go to a mental health care provider just the way we can go to a family doctor. But this was a big step. And I think one of the most important things about an investment like this is that it is a strong signal that we are moving past the stigma around mental health care and that people's mental health is part of their health and we can we can have that recognition from government that of course this is part of what should be uh expected from government is care for your mental health so that i think let's celebrate that as a as a big important step um and uh, you know there's there's some other things in there the the increase in funding to education although i i'm hopeful that that goes beyond just um, kind of a maintaining a status quo. I think we do need some pretty significant investment into public education in BC. And um, yeah, I was, I was pleased to see the free transit for uh, 12 and under. I think that again, it's a, it's a good step. Uh, so there's, there's lots to celebrate. We welcome a lot of these investments. Yeah, and, and just to sort of take it in the opposite direction now, I mean, we praise the mental health funding that is coming on board and the, and the uh, clear commitment that it is something we need to be talking about more, be worried about more, and especially as we go through a pandemic, uh, the, the crisis we might see when it comes to mental health in the months ahead. But mm-hmm. you did mention that uh, there's no funding for preventable mental health services uh, mm-hmm. under MSP, and you were pretty disappointed to see that. I mean, what what were you hoping to see within that portfolio or within that kind of umbrella of that specific conversation? And, and um, I guess just why was that something that was important to you here? Well, I think it's, it's, it's going to be that crucial step that incorporates mental health right into our, our healthcare system. And, and what we were hoping for was at least to see uh, piloting of this in different parts of the province so that there could be really informed data and evidence collected about the impacts of it. Now, the BC Psychologists Association have done some amazing work looking at uh, the benefits for people's health, their well-being, uh, but also financially the benefits for the healthcare system when there is access to preventative mental health care. Uh, so we, you know, we, we still are going to push for that. And I think it's a, it's, it's, this was a step and, mm-hmm. and we're going to keep asking for, for the next step and the next step. That's our job in opposition really. Mm-hmm. Um, and acknowledging good steps and, and looking to the next. 
One one thing that you have highlighted here in the in the release that you put out and probably spoke to this afternoon when you were uh, available in the three o'clock hour. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I was on the air, so I didn't have a chance to tune in. But uh, a lack of action to help with the housing market right now, right? We know things are red mm-hmm. hot. Their prices are going up and up and up. Doesn't matter what corner of the province you live in. I'm sure you're seeing housing prices continue to increase. It's harder to get into the housing market, right? The longer mm-hmm. you wait to get in, um, it's probably harder to upgrade if you have an expanding family as we see these prices continue to increase. I was very disappointed to see no true action within there to mm-hmm. help deal with housing prices. Um, and, and you highlighted that here as, as well. So just how frustrating is it to not see that taken a little bit more seriously, especially since it was talked about quite a bit during the election campaign mm-hmm. as well? Yeah, and it was a big criticism that the NDP had of the former BC Liberal government was that, you know, that governments find themselves in a bit of a catch-22. The revenues from a, a super hot housing market uh, go into government coffers, and it's hard to say no to money coming in. However, the problem we have here is that without taking measures to cool that market, you're actually contributing to more of the problems that you're going to have to solve on the other side. So lack of access to housing, lack of affordable housing, people being priced out of their own neighborhoods. Uh, this is a problem for the health and well-being of the wider community and society. And so, yes, I think that we do need to see measures taken that that ensure that this doesn't become a, you know, a relentless pattern in BC where the housing just gets priced out of people's reach and the the use of housing as an investment or a commodity um, by people that have enormous wealth really undermines the, the stability of, of our whole province. And I think that the there are more steps that government can take on this and recognizing it it is both both sides of this we need the supply of affordable housing but we also need to put some checks in on not letting the housing market just run rampant um and people feel like you know it just becomes out of reach more and more over time yeah, and you mentioned the revenue that is being gained from the province as a result of the hot housing market right now and, and how that sort of, you got to weigh the difference between needing the fundings in order to uh, help su- support programming while also you know trying to make it affordable for people to actually live in, in British Columbia. But with that being said, that was a big reason why some of the projections in, in the debt levels were actually decreased from what we saw in the fall projections. How mm-hmm. concerned are you about rising debt levels and, and you know what this might mean for our future? Uh, there, this is, has to be a concern as we see this number get bigger and bigger, and they're talking about projecting in a, you know five years down the road, and it's it's not slowing down. It's just continuing to get get bigger every year. Yeah, you know, and this is this is something that every government around the world is having to grapple with right now because of of the hit that was experienced or is currently still being experienced because of COVID nineteen and. Um, what it what it indicates to me. So it, one thing is, I think we've learned the lesson. You cannot, you know, have an austerity approach to getting out of a, an economic uh, kind of mm-hmm. place that we're in right now. The governments do need to invest in building a future that we want, and uh, you know, it's been shown in in the past. And what are the outcomes of either investing, spending too little? And that can really uh, prolong a, a kind of economic crisis and prolong suffering for a lot of people. And then governments can take this choice to 
invest heavily and uh, incur enough economic activity that they start to see the benefits and the revenues back. And so something like, and I, I really like this idea, the NBC, kind of an, um, a vehicle for attracting investment to BC with criteria around what kind of uh, investment we want from business that meets social, economic, and environmental criteria. So good paying jobs, uh, good for the environment, innovation, uh, meeting our, our kind of social agenda and goals. So this is the kind of thing that I think you can balance against the need for spending at a time like this, and, and we're seeing it all over the world right now, as well as you know being really mindful with how you're spending that money and the outcomes. And I think this is the overarching challenge I have with the budget is that we don't have a really clear sense about kind of an, an overarching uh, goal or trajectory for the province. So if you look at the states, Biden has invested, you know, he's looking at a trillion dollars in transforming their economy in, so that it is a clean and just transition. You look at a, somewhere like New Zealand where their budgets are basically well-being budgets. They are the goal of their government uh, is to really ensure that people's health and well-being is at the center. What I think we are lacking here in BC is that overarching kind of ambitious agenda and sense of, okay, where are we going to together? And and I think that's that's my most significant disappointment is in a moment like this when lots of countries and, and places around the world are saying, okay, we've been through a very, very hard year and this is a lot of suffering, but it has revealed some really significant problems we have with inequality, with, you know, things like housing, with mental health. And yes, we've made some investments here in BC today, but we don't have a kind of collective yeah. sense of where are we going? Mm-hmm. No, I appreciate that response. Um, one more, one more thing I did want to mm-hmm. ask you and, and, it's what's not in the budget, and we think Green Party often, you know, link it to the environment. And there was a couple of the things that you pointed to that kind of weren't in here that you were hoping to see. Mm-hmm. Um, one was an inadequate plan for a green recovery, and mm-hmm. the other just a lack of. Um, um, where did it go here? I had it written down. Lack of ambitious climate action that actually mm-hmm. matches the scale of the challenges that we do indeed face. Mm-hmm. What were you hoping to see within this budget to really show you that climate change, addressing it and trying to you know reverse the trends that we're seeing is being taken seriously and is being tackled head on? Obviously, you didn't feel like that was uh, what was presented here today. So what were you hoping to see that did not end up actually mm-hmm. coming to fruition? So, so starting with just a recognition that um, climate change is our greatest challenge as uh, as a species right now. That you know we we know that the impacts from climate change are just going to continue to get worse and worse, and that we have to make choices right now. So that that was very under addressed in both the throne speech and the budget. And then in terms of specifics, I mean. Uh, you know, really recognizing that uh, a just transition can include uh, creating a lot of training and opportunities for people that are in, you know, typically heavy fossil fuel industry, uh, ensuring that there is that opportunity to to move workers into an, uh, you know, a clean energy industry or a, an innovation industry, and then other specifics like you know, indigenous led conservation and restoration projects for 
restoring a lot of the land base and you know we we know that the forest fire seasons have ravaged a lot of bc uh there's some really neat sort of indigenous led uh work on restoring land conservation methods conservation financing for first nations in order to ensure that there can be economic opportunities that that don't just strictly rely on either forestry or the oil and gas sector, but really look to building a sustainable economic future for First Nations. Uh, And, uh, you know, leaning into that clean energy economy where we could be uh, looking at at how do towns and regions across the province uh, participate in in building those clean energy projects, which creates these long-term sustainable jobs in their community. So I just think that that absence of acknowledging and recognizing climate change. And and I kind of compare it with COVID. Like you can see that half measures on COVID have kind of extended this crisis. And we look Mm -hmm. to the countries that were really bold and really aggressive in New Zealand, they're having concerts and they're got the travel bubble with Australia. And even here, the Maritimes, I think that this was a lesson for us to learn about when we face these crises, we can't, we can't be, uh, you know, we can't we can't succeed with half measures. Right, not one foot in, one foot out. You gotta really, yeah. really jump into the water, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Sonia, thank you so much for for the time. I really appreciate you coming on the program. I guess any any final words on on what we saw today? Any any last remarks here? Uh, no, I think that, you know that that's a good. It was a good summary. Yeah. You asked some really good questions. I, I really appreciate the opportunity to have well, the conversation with you, Jeff. As always, awesome stuff. I always love having you on the show. So thanks so much for taking the time. We'll definitely do it again soon. And uh, enjoy your your Tuesday evening. I'm sure you've earned it. You too. Take care. Awesome stuff. That's Sonia Firstino right there, the leader of the BC Greens Party, speaking to today's budget 2021 as delivered by the NDP in the legislature in Victoria earlier this afternoon. Uh, Again, a lot to take in there, but uh, a significant budget document, one that's supposedly going to help us get through this pandemic. Uh, What choice do we have But for that to be the case? And we'll continue to break things down as we go through the details and and get more and more reaction from uh, throughout the province on this. I'm sure we'll be getting lots more throughout the course of this week. But my very much uh, appreciative um, words go out to Sonia for joining me here this afternoon.